My name is Bonnie Amor, and I'm a travel writer. So tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, how you came to be a travel writer. I was always writing, and I was almost always traveling. You know, of course, I come from a background of immigration, and I think that really influences the way that I think about place and travel. Having a mix of places form who I am and how I understand the world. I did kind of like travel back and forth from New York to Florida, just like a little bit of transience with the family. And it's just those small things that I knew from a young age that I loved going anywhere that wasn't just anywhere new. I'm a very like simple person and I'm very just fascinated with just being anywhere else. And I'm also fascinated with being at home. I love my neighborhood and all these things, even though I have a love-hate relationship with New York. When I was like 15, I dropped out of high school and I began traveling. I was just like hitchhiking and train hopping and I was like homeless on and off. So I was always writing about that. Like I always journaled like from when I was much younger. And yeah, it wasn't about any other goal. You know, it was just my travels and things that had happened and constantly doing that. When I was around 21, that's when I went to Ecuador for the first time where my family's from. And I remember, you know, having this whole trip in Latin America, coming back home to New York, not being able to find any employment and eventually being like, I should, I like to write, I like to travel, you know, be in, in charge of my own schedule and all these things and be transient. I'm not tied to a place, so I should write travel. And, you know, I was reading travel writing a little bit, but more so I was like, all right, now we're getting into this, you know, travel writing workshops. Even just like being a high school dropout, not going to college, I just was like, how do I write a story? Like, what's the basics of grammar? So just being a student in that way, I guess those few first few years really kind of shaped what kind of writer I wanted to be. You have to just go through things you don't really like and like check out spaces and the fact that there really wasn't a space for me and then having to kind of just make that own path. That's how I came to writing about it and then eventually being like, this can be a career. So on your Instagram, you use the term decolonized travel a lot and you use it as a hashtag and you actually have been called a decolonial travel writer. So what do both of those things mean? To me, for me as a writer, it's writing about travel and place uh, with really the goal of decolonization, of understanding this movement and the fact that we can't have these discussions, we can't move about the world without, you know, understanding the reality of the limitations of borders and the fact, the history that has moved people around in the world and how that has shaped everything. How much the transatlantic slave trade has shaped so much of our world. Um, and of course, you know, genocide and, and the annexing, you know, moving native people to certain places. And that really shapes how we experience nature and backpacking and adventure. And our relationship to land is very colonized. Um, it's nature is something pretty to look at. It's kind of this British pastoral thing where we want it's ornamental rather than this relationship that we have and dependency that we have with the earth. So it's going very back to like basic ways of thinking about what land we're on. What does my ancestry have to do with the way that I navigate place now? And then of course all those identities being queer, being disabled, you know, under the trans umbrella and my light skin privilege, all these things are constantly moving and shifting and I'm thinking about it as I move because I really can't not do that. I also come from like a social justice background. I wasn't involved in activism when I was younger. So the ways that I was looking at this was very much like, you know, I was experiencing a lot of discomfort of reading people kind of talk about people like me, but like talking over me. Like I just wasn't a part of that conversation. And being, being spoken of as an other 
was just interesting. And then of course, going into how I also hold that power and stuff. But back to decolonizing, of course, that movement is about sovereignty of land, of a community having self-determination and not being tied down by capitalism and other forces. Uh, that's also revolutionary and that can also heal um, things and bring people together uh, without dismantling those systems and those communities having self-determination to you know de de determining how tourism works in their lands how their cultures are written about and who gets to who gets to have the voice about of place so on a personal level what does travel writing mean to you my definition of travel is very expansive and it's about kind of reclaiming space uh, if we're going to talk about travel, let's talk about travel. If you want to talk about vacations, that's kind of one thing. That's leisure travel. If you want to talk about adventure, um, studying abroad, all these things. Of course, they're all in the same space, but the way that we conceive of travel and travel culture is just leisure. The reality is when I read travel writing and we look at this stuff, it's very much about a lot of memoir. It's a lot of reflecting going, ending a trip and then going back and being like just uh, processing and reflecting on what happened and how you've changed at the end of a journey. That's really a big theme in travel writing. How does that not apply to like immigration stories or like roots journeys, you know, people who return to like West Africa and it's who are we when we don't know where we're from? So I really define travel as all these things. I like I, in order for me to really hear what I wanted to hear and relate to certain things, I had to go outside of the travel section of bookstores and go to poetry and go to novels and get what I needed out of that because those were also journeys where people were reflecting on how, how things shift and move as we move in our identities and questioning it and how we all you know work together. I feel like travel writing I've said is like cheating where I get to talk about everything you can talk about food you can talk about gender you can talk about fun adventure you can talk about genocide like you can talk about all these things in travel it's just moving it's just power in motion so that's where I come to that that's how I think of, of travel writing and wanting to kind of take up more space for a lot more diverse experiences of travel. So in your piece, Getting Real About Decolonizing Travel Culture, you wrote about how we must, quote, constantly question how our presence affects the space we move through. And I was just wondering how you saw this in your travels. I think a part of being, I think, queer is like a little bit on edge of just like, how am I being seen and how am I being read? Especially if you're like gender weird, you know, it's like, how, did, how is gender like traditionally seen in this place? And how, what level of danger am I in? What level of comfort should I, you know, feel? Or how is that impacted by my race, my size? You know, it's, it's looking at yourself, how other people look at you. And that is not always a healthy thing. But then when it comes to other things with race and colorism and language and passport, growing up in the United States, very much aware of my socioeconomic situation and my background and immigration and the gender, just my oppression when it comes to all these things. When, you know, going abroad and going home for the first time to Ecuador, it was just like, um, I had the experience of being in the, major in the majority and being privileged in this more greater perspective, you know, where I wouldn't say I was poor because I was just like, you know, global north poor or whatever, western poor, you know, and having all that perspective. I know a lot of people deal with that where you have that perspective. For me, it was just kind of balancing the privilege with the oppression and how it all mixed together. Like, yes, I have money. Yes, I might be put in like those gay conversion camps, you know, I might be able to escape it more than someone else would. It's just all these things. Um, 
Yeah, or being, you know, of course, the way that people see U.S. Americans as being white or being richer and just like not qualifying. And then at certain times you do qualify and you're not Ecuadorian enough. Um, so these are things I definitely encountered much more when I was traveling. I mean, I traveled throughout my youth what I had access to, which was the United States and Canada and overland slow travel. You know, I didn't have much money or anything like that. So that's kind of where I was coming from of just like rambling around, encountering what it's like to be about around so many white people or, or what it's like to be like in a redder state. So it's, it's just being kind of politically aware and self-aware wherever you are. To go a little deeper into that, how have you seen your personal identity affect your relationship to the world around you? I mean, in every way. What are your biggest tips to becoming a travel writer? Biggest tips for becoming a travel writer. I'm like, if you Google this, it's all going to be so basic. I mean, there's being a writer, there's the basics of like, read a lot, write a lot. When it comes to traveling, I think everyone should take a lot of notes. I think notes are very important and we think we're going to remember things that we don't. And again, having those little situations with travel writing and travel media, so much of travel writing and travel media, the way that we conceive of it, is supposed to be very positive and very like, this is what I saw and the point of travel writing is to make other people feel like they're there and that they want to go too. And that doesn't need to be that way. So sometimes we have uncomfortable situations where we see things that we don't feel are as important to write down because we're not going to get that published. We're going to, you know, write about, I guess, this hike or that meal in Italy. I don't know. Instead of just like some small and comfortable things that really tell a story. And I think that's what travel writing is really starved for unique stories that are not just escapist kind of like having fun abroad and having your your mind like your horizons broaden and and all these things i think there must self-awareness is very important if we're going to do travel memoir specifically i would say because i'm coming from a different place is just like be a little you have to be socially aware you're going in the world like most of the world is women of color that's the most populations working women of color so you have to have some sort of understanding of race and of your class privilege is going to be the biggest thing I think people encounter in a lot of places in the world. Or a lot of tourists before, you know, they go on a trip, it's you're so excited or you go somewhere and then you're like, tourists suck. Like all, you know, you see pictures of Machu Picchu or, or you know, the Tower of Pizza or whatever and going there and everyone else is there and you're like, this sucks, you know, the over tourism is like... I can't enjoy a thing because this is just a trap. I think we have to be a little prepared to understand those differences. Uh, my friend, um, Dr. Anu Taranath, she just wrote this book, Beyond Guild Trips, Mindful Travel in an Unequal World. And that is really kind of preparing people to, you don't have to be an activist or other anything else, but if you really want to understand how you're traveling and feel comfortable with discomfort, which you will encounter, then you we have to think about these things beforehand. So I would say that... So other things that are very basic to finish off is self-discipline, maintaining good you know, uh, relationships with your editors, not being scared of being rejected. Also, especially for people of color and like you know, other marginalized people, don't feel like you have to be limited to travel outlets. You know, write for other places and just bring your experiences of travel into it. Tying it into CSU and kind of what you're going to be doing over the next week, what are you going to be talking about tomorrow? Tomorrow is a presentation on human zoos and, and the relationship to slum tours of today. 
So, you know, human zoos, for people who might not know, were these exhibitions, tours, um, circuses, where people were put on display, Native and Black people, mostly for people to kind of anthropologically, scientifically, entertainingly stare at them, study the other. It's this idea that these people are primitive and we're seeing their natural way of life. And that reinforces that, you know, we have racial superiority or anything. I, I mean, we as, you know, this is how it was in that time. And that kind of study of the other is very prevalent. It hasn't changed much in travel media. I think it's very much preserved, that gaze. And that relates very much to this industry of slum tours, ghetto tours, gang tours, hood tours. This, these kind of tours where people are bussed in, very privileged people are bussed in to see people in their habitats and their ways of life and it's voyeuristic, it's creepy, and I wanted to kind of tie that all together, so I'm gonna be talking about that tomorrow. Just talking a little bit about what you're planning on doing next, what TravelCon is, what are some big plans you have for the upcoming year? I'm such a transient person, like I don't know where I'm gonna be ever. Um, I'm going to do like two panels at TravelCon with this year. It's a very kind of businessy thing, but I am often on queer travel panels, queer travel writing panels, so that's in New Orleans in May. Next month I'll be at the Society of American Travel Writers Conference in Toronto. So I would love to do an event with other, you know, writers, do some sort of reading, maximize my time there. But I'll be on a panel on diversity and travel writing. Those are the next two kind of trips that I have set up. And basically this is the first year where I'm not going to be in Ecuador this time of year and I'm just gonna move out of my place in New York. Where can people see your work and learn more about you? I would say my website, but it's closed right now for repairs. <laughs> it's so outdated. You could go to Instagram and look at my posts and that'll take you where you need to go. The best thing is Google. Google decolonizing travel and a bunch of my essays will come up. I write for CNN Travel, Yes Magazine. I'm also AWOL from Twitter for so long. And uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs>